Hey, welcome to New City. I'm Ron. And I'm Andrea. And we're so glad you're tuning in with us today. And if it's your very first time checking us out, I want to say a special welcome to you. If you want to learn more about New City Church, if you want to have a pastor be praying with you this week, we love the chance to do so. You can go to our website, newcity.us slash connect, fill the form out there, and I'll be in touch with you this week. And if you want to learn more about Christmas at New City, you can go to our website we put together, christmasatnewcity.us. There we have an Advent guide, as well as all the information about our services and locations coming up in just a few weeks. And Andrea is our local serve director. She's here with me today to talk about some ways we're partnering this Christmas season in local serve areas. Well, Ron, we are so excited this year for the Christmas Promise Shop. You know, over 100 families are gonna have the opportunity to shop for their children at significantly discounted prices. Urban Promise is one of our partners and they provide after-school programming as well as this year, it's been a lot of in-school programming. And so they are a blessing to this city and we wanna invite everyone to be a part of this project. And the way that you can do that is go online to newcity.us slash promise shop. And when you do that, grab a digital tag that lets us know that you're planning on bringing items back. And you can also shop even through our Amazon wish list. And when you order from the wish list, it comes directly to us. If you're gonna be at one of our physical locations between now and November 29th, you can bring your items back with you on a Sunday. And listen, if you've already done this, we just wanna say thank you. It has been amazing to see what has come in and this is gonna be a huge blessing in our community. And we're so thankful for your generosity in this project and in all the projects we do, both locally and globally through New City. If you wanna learn about other ways to give, you can go to our website, newcity.us slash give. Now let's get ready to worship together.
never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Your love is greater. Yes, it is. 
much for the power of your name. We thank you, God, that in the face of adversity, in the face of the enemy, all we need to do is stand in the power and glory of your name and darkness must flee, the enemy must flee, evil must go because your perfect light casts out all darkness. So we thank you so much, God, that we get to sing songs about a God who, of course you're powerful, of course you can create, of course you can build up and break down, but at the end of the day, all you need to do all the wonders of, of our mind and even beyond what we can imagine is just your name, Jesus. We thank you that your word says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. All things were made by him and through him. We thank you, God, that even the, one of the biggest, most incredible miracles that you've ever performed was done merely in the name of Jesus. So God, allow us to stand on that truth today and prepare our hearts to be able to hear a word from our pastor. We thank you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Oh yeah, one more thing before I forget. Just just one last uh, piece of information or detail before I finish the story. Have you ever said that as you're talking to your family or your friends, you're, you're just about to finish your story or talking about your day and you say, oh yeah, one more thing before I forget, I gotta tell you this. When we get to Nehemiah chapters 11 and 12, our friend Nehemiah is basically raising his hand and doing just that. He's saying, oh yeah, one more thing before I forget. I, I've gotta include this in my story because as we've walked through the book of Nehemiah, we've seen uh, Nehemiah's memoirs. This is first person historical narrative. In other words, this is, this is his story, his only God story of how God used his life. And so we're almost to, to the end. Next weekend, we're gonna finish in chapter 13. I hope you'll join us for that. But before we finish and before Nehemiah finishes telling us his story, he raises his hand, he says, oh yeah, there's one more thing that I wanna tell you before we finish the story. So if you have your Bibles, I wanna encourage you today, wherever you might be, to open to Nehemiah chapters 11 and 12. That's where we're gonna to be today. And we're gonna talk about this under the banner of Thanksgiving. As we enter into this Thanksgiving week, Nehemiah wants to say, hey, yeah, one more thing before I, I finish telling you my story that you're holding in your hands today. I wanna to talk about Thanksgiving. I wanna talk about how the people of God we're giving their thanks to God consistently in the story. So before we finish, I, I wanna tell you that. And so he begins uh, just with two parts about, about how the people gave thanks to God. And, and maybe, just maybe, these are, these are two parts that we could even employ this week as we think about being thankful as a country, as a family, just individually as a church, how we can do that, how we can give thanks to God. Nehemiah says there's, there's two ways that we gave our thanks to God in this story. And before I forget, I want to make sure that I tell you that. The first is that we gave ourselves to God, Nehemiah says. So if you're, if you're looking at chapter 11, all of chapter 11 and even into chapter 12 is a, is a listing of names. But, but more than that, it's a listing of ways that different people were giving themselves to God and service to God. So just remember in context, the walls and the gates of Jerusalem have, have been rebuilt. They've been restored. God's doing this renewing work in his people. But now he's going to ask the people to, to move into the city 
to actually join in the work of repopulating the city and, and bringing about urban renewal, if you will, repopulating and living in the city and, and seeking the welfare of the city. It kind of harkens us back, this whole idea of the first part of Thanksgiving, giving ourselves to God, to Jeremiah's letter, um, you know, a generation or two before to the people who were in, 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 in bondage in Babylon. They were in exile there. And Jeremiah writes this letter that's found in Jeremiah 29. And one of the things that he says uh, to the people of God that were in exile in Babylon is to seek the welfare of the city. Do you remember this? Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you and and pray to the Lord on its behalf because in its welfare, you'll you'll find your welfare. And before Jeremiah 29 verse 7, he says, you know, I want you to to build houses and plant gardens and, and give your sons and daughters in marriage and basically flourish there. And that's the same thing that's happening in Nehemiah 11 and into Nehemiah 12 is as the people give themselves to God fully, it's moving into the holy city that, that God has been busy rebuilding and renewing. And he's asking people to do that. And so we see uh, some people chose to do that on their own and, and some people chose not to do that. That, that. that It was actually God tapping them on the shoulder and asking them to do it and, and saying, you know, even if you don't, your feelings are or, you know, haven't caught up to what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to trust me anyway. Some of you may be familiar with the story of Charles Blondin. Does that name uh, ring a bell? He was a tightrope walker uh, back in the, the 19th century, and he was a Canadian. And in the summer of 1859, uh, according to stories, Blondin spent the whole summer, almost every day, walking back and forth 160 feet above Niagara Falls. This is actually him, a picture of him walking back and forth from Canada uh, to the United States, 160 feet above the falls. Can you imagine? And according to, to, to the story that summer, people would come from all around to watch him walk across uh, on this tightrope. And he would do all kinds of different things to kind of mix it up. It wasn't just, I mean, if you can imagine, it'd be hard enough just to walk across. But he would walk across on stilts and he would ask the people, do you think I can do this? And they would say, yeah, you can do it. And then he would walk across. And then he would walk across blindfolded. And, and the people, he would ask them, do you think I can go across blindfolded? Yeah, we think you can. And then he would ask the people, do you think I can walk backwards? And they would say, of course, you can do it. And according to, to reports, one day he crossed over into Canada and he came back with a wheelbarrow. And he asked all the people who had gathered, do you think I can cross the falls with this wheelbarrow? Yeah, we think you can do it. Do you think I can do it backwards? Yeah, we think you can do it. And he would do it. And then finally he said, do you think, do you think that I could walk across Niagara Falls on this tightrope, pushing this wheelbarrow with a person in the wheelbarrow? And the crowd erupted. We believe you can do it. And then he asked this question, well, who will get in the wheelbarrow? And the crowd fell silent. And that's sort of what we see happening in this story. The people are giving themselves to God. Many of them are willingly doing that, but but some of them are holding back. And God's asking them to to, to trust him, to get in the wheelbarrow. They're saying, we trust you, God. We believe you, God. The whole story has been about a a story of trust and of of faith in the work of God. And now God is saying, well, I want you to to kind of put your your life and your your story where, where your mouth is. 
Uh, you're telling me that you trust me, but will you get in the wheelbarrow? Will you move into Jerusalem? Because just for context, what, what, what was happening was most of the, of the Jews, most of the people of God were living in surrounding villages and towns. In fact, most historians think that during this time in Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12, that there were over a million people in the community of God that were living in the surrounding areas, but they had refused to move back to Jerusalem. If we go back to chapter seven, uh, we learn from Nehemiah's story that not many houses had been rebuilt. It wasn't a great place to live. The city was run down just like the walls. And so even though the people wanted to trust God and they had said that they trusted God, they still hadn't moved into the city. And so when we catch up to the story here in Nehemiah chapter 11 and the people giving themselves to God as a part of their thanksgiving, he asked them to to go there. And he asked in a specific way. Listen to the story here, Nehemiah 11 verses 1 through 2. Now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem. So the leaders were there. That's an important note. And the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of 10 to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine out of 10 remained in the other towns. Remember the, the, the whole uh, million people that lived in the surrounding towns that didn't move into the city. And then listen to this verse two. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. Again, interestingly, there was a whole group that said, yeah, we'll get in the wheelbarrow. We're willing to go. We're willing to trust you, God. And that started with the leaders and a group of other people. And the people praised God for the people who got in the wheelbarrow and trusted God and gave themselves to God in that way. And then there was another group of people that actually had to be told to do it, that, that even though their feelings uh, weren't there, they, 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 were, they were pushed to really trust God in that way. And they did it in this way, that one out of 10 people were asked to go and do that. Can you imagine just being tapped on the shoulder and saying, hey, you're, you're one out of the 10. And so what's interesting is in chapter 10, as a part of praise to God and giving themselves to God, the people made a commitment of their devotion to, to tithe 10% of their first fruits, of the, the first crops of the ground, the, the, all of their, their, their money to the work of God. And now this is really interesting. A chapter later, as we talk about this first part of Thanksgiving, and it's really about giving ourselves to God, um, and not, just our, not just our money, not just our words and our praise, but really ourselves, our lives, moving in physically to the city of God and participating in his plan. God is asking the people to tithe themselves. 10% of the people, one out of 10, were asked to go and move there. One out of 10 who, who weren't necessarily saying, I wanna go and do that, but God was asking to trust him and to get in the wheelbarrow and do it. Uh, again, there's a lot of names listed here. So I wanna encourage you this week on your own, maybe to, to listen if you listen to the scriptures or if you have an app to do that or, or to read the scriptures or to do both together, you're gonna hear all these names and they're all important. And as we, we come to, to, to the conclusion of Nehemiah's story this week and next week together on our journey together as a church through the story, we've learned all throughout, all 13 chapters are full of listings of names. And that tells us something about our leader, Nehemiah here. That, that people matter to him. And yet he doesn't mention every single name, how could he? But he mentions a lot of names. And in chapter 11 and 12, there's, a, there's another listing of individuals who, who are moving into the city, who are participating and giving themselves to God, this first part of Thanksgiving. So we've grown accustomed to Nehemiah's listing of names in his memoirs. Um, we get a sense that, that he wants to mention as many people as possible who were a part of this only God story. In other words, it wasn't about Nehemiah. He knows that he was just one part of the larger only God story. Story just like we are today. So in chapters 3 and 7 and 8 and 10 and now in 11 and 12 that we're studying today, we see all these different names and Nehemiah giving his sincere thanksgiving 
and appreciation for the people that gave themselves to God first because every single person matters and every single person is seen by God. Even though their name may not be mentioned specifically in this listing, they matter to God and you matter to God. As we give ourselves to God as this first part, this first act of thanksgiving to him, it matters. God sees us and God knows. And for many of these people, what they did in the city isn't mentioned. It wasn't about the task. It wasn't about doing anything. It was about their presence. You know, there's this phrase, the the ministry of presence. The idea that just your presence in a place matters to God and to his work that he wants to do there among other people. And maybe some of you this week, as you are with other people, either virtually or physically, you, you have a ministry of presence with your family, with friends, that that God can use in significant ways. Maybe more than anything that you could say this week, anything that you could do, it's just the fact that you're present, that you're with people. And that's the sense that we get here is, is God is asking people to give themselves completely, even physically to him, to move into the city as a part of their thanksgiving to him. It's their ministry of presence, of being with other people. We should never underestimate what just being present with other people and the will of God can do. For, for, for many of us, just simply being in relationship and being with people is a way that God can use us significantly. And God's saying to his people, I want you to be present in the city. I want you to move here. I want you to seek its welfare. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to build houses. And the same way that you did generations before in Babylon, do it now in Jerusalem as an act of thanksgiving, of giving yourselves to God completely. So the first part is giving ourselves to God. God's asking us to do that. It might be through your presence. It might be in some other act, some other way that he's asking you to, but God's asking us to give ourselves to him. I wonder what that is for you today. What, what you may be feeling the nudge of the Holy Spirit in your life of something that God's asking you to step out on in faith, to, to get in that wheelbarrow and, and not just say that you believe God can do it, but really, really put yourself in the care of God in his hands and say, I'm, I'm all in. I'm putting myself and my trust and my faith in God by giving myself completely, well, however that looks like for you in your life. But here's the second part, because this is, this is all really important. The first part, giving ourselves to God, but here's the second part. The other thing that happens here in the story that Nehemiah says, oh yeah, I gotta tell you this. I can't forget before we finish the story, you gotta know this, that the second part of, of giving thanks to God was that the, the, the people were giving their praise to God. And I know that sounds really simple, but what we see happening specifically in chapter 12 is is the people now dedicating the work that God has done, specifically the wall around Jerusalem. And, And they're reminding themselves and all the world that this wasn't about us. This was about something that only God could have done. And so we're going to give him his due, his praise, his glory. Um, we're we're going to ascribe to him, you know, uh, for all the story, everything that he's done all the way up until this point, we want to make sure everybody knows and we remind ourselves that all the praise belongs to him. So this is really cool. The Jews were accustomed at this point to Nehemiah and Ezra and the other leaders of Jerusalem uh, of putting watchers and workers on the wall. But now Nehemiah is going to place worshipers on that same wall. For, for, for the cause of giving praise to God and dedicating that wall in this amazing event that is more than just an event. It's a movement of our hearts of saying, God, every good and perfect gift comes from you. And even this week, as we celebrate Thanksgiving as a nation, we're, we're declaring that to one another, that every good and perfect gift comes from God. That everything in our life that is praiseworthy comes from God. 
And so we, we, we give our praise back to God for what he has done in our lives and for who he is. That's exactly what's happening here. So the, the people, what's interesting is the people of God have been dedicated in chapters 8 through 10. But now it's the work of God that's going to be dedicated in chapter 12. And they're doing this, again, as an act of praise to him. One commentator said this about Nehemiah chapter 12. They, they said, this is the greatest day in the history of the restoration community of Nehemiah. In other words, this generation, this group of people who were about restoring the city, the rebuilding and the renewal of the city, the work of God within that city. This is the greatest day, the culmination of all of it, this dedication, this praise to God in this way. Let me read um, chapter 12, verse 27 to you. And if you're following along, uh, follow along with me here. Verse 27, chapter 12. And at the dedication, this, this praise to, that they gave to God, the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites, the priestly order of the Levites who were there to, to serve and to minister and all of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to listen to the word here, to celebrate the dedication with gladness, maybe circle that word in your Bible, with thanksgivings and with singing, with cymbals, with harps and with lyres. In other words, this was a party. This was a celebration. Yeah, I, I heard one commentator say one time that the biggest thing that's missing in the local church today is carnival. It's celebration. It's thanksgiving and praise to God. And what we see happening here at the dedication of the wall, this, this act of praise unto God in chapter 12, is a party. The people are going to celebrate what God has done. It's so important that we take marked times in our life to give thanks to God, to really praise him and to celebrate what God has done in our lives. The leaders were divided into two different groups, two different groups, two different choirs, two different groups of people. And guess who leads the two, these two different groups as they walk around the wall? Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, this dynamic duo, if you will, that has led the, the renewal and, and restoration and, and rebuilding of not only the walls, but the people of God. And now they're going to lead this, this group of worshipers in separate directions, if you can imagine, all the way around the city on these same walls that God has restored and rebuilt. So they start at the valley gate. And they marched in opposite directions until they met at the temple. And then they give this great worship to God, this great praise to God. Can you imagine, just for a moment, as they're walking around the walls of Jerusalem that have been rebuilt, as Ezra and Nehemiah are leading the people that are now renewed and want to give thanks to God. They've, they've been revived. They're looking to God. They're praising God in, in incredible ways. Can you imagine all the memories that must have flooded through Nehemiah's mind? All the way back to Susa where he asked that question, how are things going in Jerusalem? And then he began to weep and to fast and to pray. And then he looked for an opportunity to ask the king, Artaxerxes, to be able to return and to lead this effort to rebuild the walls and restore and renew the community of God. And, and every only God moment along the way, don't you know that every single step that he took with the people that day as they praised God and dedicated this only God story that he remembered all of that, that he remembered all the critics, all the naysayers, the people who said this wall is gonna be uh, so weak that a fox could bust through it. And now the people of God are, are marching in praise around it. What, what a moment, just imagine that with me for a moment in your mind's eye. And you may be asking, well, why didn't they just start in the temple? Like what was the whole point of starting the same spot and walking opposite directions and, and all of this? And I think it really was that every single step that Nehemiah and all the other people took was a step of faith where they remembered physically as they felt that wall underneath their feet what God had done. 
And that evoked just this thanksgiving and praise and offering that to God as a part of what they wanted to do to to say, God, this was all about you. This was your work. It wasn't us, it was you. And we wanna give you thanks. We wanna give you praise for it. But I also think this, I think the reason why that they marched around in this parade of, of praise around the city is that it was a witness to the world. As the, the other Gentile uh, world is watching, people who lived in Jerusalem, people who lived in the surrounding villages and, and cities, as they watched this huge spectacle of praise, that it was a witness to all of the world of, of who God is, that he's the one true God, that he's mighty to save, that he's worth trusting and knowing, and that all the, the families of the earth are eventually going to be blessed through the community of God, through the, through the work of God, and that, that people can trust him. Remember what, what God said to Abraham, Rise and walk through the land that I will give thee. Remember what God said to Joshua. Every place that the sole of your foot walks is a place that I have given you. And I'm sure the people of God, as they walked and they felt every single step on that wall, that they were, they were reminded that this is what God has done. This is what God has given to us. It was a joyful march of praise. Think about it in your mind's eye. Around the walls, it was their way of saying, we claim for God. All that he has done for us, just as our fathers claimed this very land and place by faith, we do it again. And maybe that's a call for us in this moment too, even this week, to claim for God all that he's done, to give him praise, to give of ourselves, to give of our words and our actions of everything, to say, God, this is about you. It's not about my story. It's about your story. I'm a little part of a big story that that you're writing, God, and I give you praise for that because it belongs to you. The most important part of this dedication was, was not the, the marching, though. It was the expression of praise. And look specifically here, if you're following along in chapter 12, of how the people offered their praise. They offered it thankfully, verses 24, 27, 31, 38, 46. Look at it, all the words that are used there of thanksgiving. Then they offered it joyfully, verse 27. And then verses 43 through 44, there was, a, there was a joy. Remember, joy is different than happiness. Happiness is based on your circumstances. Joy is the condition of your heart. There was joy in their praise. And then uh, lastly, I love this, it was loud, verses 42 and 43 in Nehemiah 12. It wasn't quiet. This was a loud praise. There's, there's times for us to be contemplative and to be quiet and measured. This was not that time. This was a party. This was a celebration where they wanted to loudly proclaim their praise to God. There was singing. It's mentioned eight times. There was rejoicing. It's mentioned seven times in the chapter. There was thanksgiving. Uh, that's mentioned six times in the chapter. There were musical instruments three different times that are mentioned. And then finally this. Look at verse 43 with me, Nehemiah 12. We'll finish here today. And they offered on this great day of praise. They offered great sacrifices that day and they rejoiced. I love this. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. And then listen to this last sentence. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. This was a shout of praise, a dedication of praise that was heard around the world. Not only in the the, the physical hearing on that day, but now we're hearing it. It's still ringing out through the word of God. It's captured right here in Nehemiah's story for us to read and to, to still listen and hear that shout of praise that was given by God's people to God for his glory. I love that Nehemiah interjects this into the story, this story of thanksgiving, of, you know, of, of, of giving ourselves to God and giving our praise to God. And not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all the people to hear. And that's really what praise is about. 
It's, it's not just for the glory of God and for our benefit as we, as we give it to God, but it's also for the benefit of other people, for them to see us praising the one true God. That's exactly what happens. Our praise and our thanksgiving become a witness to the world. It was for Nehemiah and this day it is for us. And, and, and moreover, the broken places of our life, I love this image, that that wall that had, had been lying in ruins is now rebuilt. That people that, that were broken have now been renewed. And it's, and it's those very people standing on that very restored wall that are now giving joy and praise to God. And here's just a great application for each of us. That, that the places in your life, the broken places in your life can become the, the foundation of praise in your life. The broken places of our life can become a foundation of joy where we can stand upon and say, look at what God has done. Not what I've done, not what anybody else has done, but look at what God has done. This place in my marriage and my parenting and in and, and my life and whatever it looks like in a relationship, this place that was broken down has now been restored and rebuilt by God. And he's renewed my heart to praise him, not based on my circumstances, but based on the condition of my heart and what he's done. So I can stand on this foundation now as a foundation of joy. And the same is true for you. The same is true for me, that the broken places of our lives, the, the hard places, the confusing places, even, even now, especially this year, the, 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 the disappointing places, the, the places where we grieve and we mourn can actually become the foundations upon which our praise are built. When, when, when Jesus is able to get into those places in our lives, those broken places, and bring his grace, his mercy, his love, he's able to, to rebuild and renew us so that we can stand on that place and say, look at what God has done. We can give ourselves and we can give our praise to God. As we enter into this Thanksgiving week, let's, let's remember this from, from Nehemiah 11 and 12, and 11 and 12 that, that bottom line, thanks, true thanks, is giving ourselves and giving our praise to God. Let's do that today. To him alone be the glory. Would you pray with me? God, we do, we give you thanks for who you are and for what you've done. We give you thanks with our, our whole selves, with everything that we are. And we give you thanks with our praise, our dedicated praise, our, our singing, our joyfulness, um, our instruments, if we're able to play, even just the, vo the instrument of our voice, everything that we have, we want to we give you praise so that it can bring you glory, but also that it's a, a shout of praise. It's an act of praise that's heard around the world where people can see the way that we love you and we praise you and we give ourselves to you and they can give you thanks as well. Give us the wisdom to know what you're speaking to us from your word today. And would you help each and every one of us now to go by faith and to obey for your glory. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, New City Church, let's get back up on our feet wherever you are. Let's raise our hands. Let's raise our voices. Let's stand in the power of praise because praise breaks chains. Amen.
so much fun to be able to worship with you in this way, New City family. If you would, extend your hands for a benediction as we go today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.